What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Over the last couple of episodes, we have explored the different aspects in the life of a real estate agent, including how to become a realtor, as well as what your trusted real estate advisor really makes in terms of a commission. As we continue to take a look into those different facets of a realtor's life, today we will talk about an especially hot topic in the real estate community. In this episode, we're going to explore the debate of full-time realtors versus part-time realtors and the pros and cons of hiring one over the other. Now, here is your real estate advisor, and he is full-time, Mr. Jason Wilcox. He's not only a full-time real estate advisor, he's just a full-time cool dude. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought you were going to say full-time bs or full-time jag-off or a full-time oh, jackass. No. I definitely thought that was going in a different direction. No, of course not, my friend. <laughs> so, um, yes, and there are, I mean, I know I, do, I know people. I could. I won't name any names, uh, but I do know a couple of people that like, yeah, you know, I got my real estate license and I'm doing this in addition to some other business or whatever that I'm right. into. And I just don't really think about it too much. I did think about that more when you, when we talked about how much realtors make and you were like, yeah, you can make a lot of money at this, but it's like, you know, 80 hours, 90 hours a week. Yep. And I'm, um, you know, and that kind of flashed in my mind. Well, how are people doing it full, uh, part time? So I guess we are going to sort of uh, explore all of that today. Right. Yep, that's exactly what we're going to do. And uh, as a quick disclaimer, before we get too far into this, um, as I often say, I'm going to attempt to not let my own personal bias get in the way of this episode. But I feel like as we go along, you're probably going to get my personal bias into <laughs> this topic and find out which way I swing when it comes to this topic Because it's definitely a um, a debate that comes up a great deal in uh, the real estate community. And so, like I said, you'll probably, you'll probably know where I stand on this by the end of the episode, but I'll leave that uh, for surprise. You got to listen through the whole episode to, to figure it out. Okay. It's like, it's like, it's like the West wing for the first, how long they never really came out and said which side of the political spectrum they were on. It's just, as you watch it, you're like, Oh, okay. I get which direction Aaron Sorkin was trying to go. Well, um, also, you know, can you even, how can I put this? Uh, I, 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 this is no fault of yours at all. There's no way you can talk about something, especially something you're heavily involved in and right. not have a own personal spin. That's just like this. It's impossible. It does. It's, there's just no way you can do it. You know, I think that, uh, I think in the 21st century, I think we're starting to realize that, uh, you know, every subject is fraught with some at least some, if not a lot, of personal opinion, personal experience, you know, right. the reason that you even go into it, right? 
It's because exactly. of some personal drive or something of personal interest, et cetera. So let's not get our, our shorts in a bunch about that. We all yeah. know that, uh, you know, as a pot, you know, being having a podcast, here, we're trying to, you know, relay the most accurate information possible. And, you know, results may vary. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so so ahead, to get into this, to kind of start, what I just want to real quickly take like two and a half minutes, if that, to refresh everyone's memory. The the most important thing I want the 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 general public to know is this. So when it comes to being a real estate agent or a realtor, you feel you affiliate yourself with a specific brokerage, and you are at that point, not an employer. You are an independent contractor, um, which means you do not get a W-2. It means you get 1099. Lou, I know you know this better than anybody. The idea of an independent contractor is when you're an independent contractor, that company you are affiliated with cannot dictate employment terms. They cannot tell you when the start date is, when the end date is, or the start time, the end time, you know, when your lunch is, they can't tell you any of that. Um, That's kind of the the pro of being uh, an independent contractor. So we are not employees. Now, employees have a start time, they have an end time, they have X amount of vacation days, they have so much sick time, so much, you know, personal time, they get benefits, they get a pension, they get a 401k, retirement, all this other kind of fun stuff. We don't get that. But the the other side of that is we get to make our own um, hours. That's how this all works. This all works because we are 1099 independent contractors. We are not employees. And therefore, we get to make our own hours as independent contractors. The pro is we get to make our own hours. The, the downfall is uh, we're not employees. They don't take taxes out for our paychecks. We don't get benefits. We don't get a pension plan. We don't get paid time off, sick time off, none of that. So that's how we're able to make our own hours because we're not employees. Okay. And you work also, though. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you end up working like all the time if you're trying to like get a deal to come through, right? I mean, you've told me, you know, I was up till two o'clock in the morning last night working on this or that. So there's times when like, you know, it's your business. The stuff's got to get done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not like I punch it out at five. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly it. And if I've got buyers that, you know, we, we work when others don't. So if I have buyers that work from 9 to 5 p.m., they need to get dinner and get the kids fed so they can't see a house before 6. We meet at 6. We tour through the house at 6.30. They want to write up an offer. So we go back to the office at 6.45. It takes us two hours. We get the offer over and then we start negotiating. Sometimes I'm up at 11 o'clock at night calling my clients going, hey, I just heard back uh, because I know they're going back to work the next day and I don't want this to linger for another 12 hours or 14 or 18 hours until they get home from work the next day. So we're working when others aren't. Um, and and that's, that's kind of what makes the whole part-time versus uh, full-time thing really interesting because on the one hand, people go, wait a minute, you're working when others don't. You're working on nights and you're working on the weekends and your open houses are Sunday from, you know, one to four and your busiest day of showing is Saturday. So it makes sense that I could do this part time because I'm working when others don't. But there's other things than just showing houses and other things than just writing sales contracts that go into um 
that go into being a realtor that I think on the outside, people think, oh, well, it makes perfect sense that I can do this part time because you work when others don't. But in actuality, when we dive more into it, you know, you'll see there's more going on than just negotiating the okay, sales so, contracts, so, touring homes and listing properties. So what is a full time realtor's uh, work day, whether that means you start at six and work till like uh, one <laughs> o'clock in the morning or whatever that means? What does that what, what does it sort of like look like? What are you sort of what are you sort of doing? So the first thing I do, I go, I guess this kind of goes without saying, but it, it does need to be said. I do meet with clients. Um, you know, just because the average person works from nine to five, I have, I've had clients in the past that work night shift. So they're primed and ready to see houses at nine in the morning. Cause that's their quote unquote evening, you know, dinner time for them is at seven in the morning. And then, um, you know, I've met with retirees. I meet with people who work shifts. So maybe they're off in the morning cause they work the evening shift, or maybe they only work part-time on the weekend. So it does go to say that, not all of my clients I'm meeting with in the evenings on the weekends. I do have some clients that I meet, but there's there, there's just a lot of other things that happen throughout uh, a realtor's life. I'm following up with other clients. You know, the average client, I think they said you work with for a hundred days from start to finish. By the time you meet with them, you start getting a feel for their needs. You actually get contracts signed. You either get the house listed or you you tour, take them on a couple of tours of homes. You find the sales contract. You get it close to 45 days later. They say you're working with the average client for 100 days. So I'm following up with clients. Uh, I'm doing paperwork. Um, you know, on the back end, you know, these contracts don't just get signed and then just, you know, vanish into the, the, the land of uh, papered them. I don't know. You know, they, they've, <laughs> you know, our, our, you know, office needs it filed. It needs to be turned in, you know, hand money checks have got to be turned in. Things have got to be photocopied. Things have to be sent to the, the other brokerage. I'm checking in with the lenders and the title companies, you know, sometimes those intermix, I'm doing paperwork that I need to get to the lender or get to the title company, or I'm reviewing paperwork that, I'm, that, I'm, that they're sending me shocker that that's not sometimes perfect. So I have to, you know, email them back and say, Hey, we got to fix this. We got to fix that. Right. Um, and, and that's just all on the paperwork side. Then you've got the physicality of the, of the, the, the business too. Um, meeting with vendors and contractors. If I have a property that has a dye test that needs to be done, that plumber's got to be let in that borough inspector's got to be let in. I'm meeting with those guys. Those guys are not working at eight o'clock on a Friday night. I should sure as hell tell you that much. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like four Oh one on a Thursday and they're out, yep. out of the office. So, uh, you know, I'm meeting with them. I'm meeting with contractors. I'm meeting with home inspectors. I'm going on home inspections, doing all this fun stuff. And, and, and I'm taking care of my own personal business. I'm hanging riders. I'm hanging lock boxes. I'm removing riders. I'm removing lock boxes. I'm picking up keys from my, from my sellers. Um, you know, especially if the seller is, you know, selling the house at Castle Shannon, cause they just moved to, to, you know, Peters Township. I got to go to Peters Township, meet up with them and get their key. Um, and then this is going to sound crazy, really crazy. Sometimes I just like to take time off. What? <laughs> what? Absolutely what? not. Madness, <laughs> craziness, Lou. <laughs> 
you know, and that's what, that was probably the weirdest thing for me, Lou, when I first got into this business, you know, we're independent contractors, so we make our own hours. And I do, there are days where I'm working eight, 10 hours on a Saturday, eight, 10 hours on a Sunday. This actually, this past week was a perfect example. I had church in the morning because I work part-time as the choir director uh, and music director for a local church. So I did that. I was out by 1130 and then I had three back-to-back showings. I had a 1230 in Squirrel Hill. I had a 145 in Franklin Park. And then I had a 330 in Canada. Um, so I didn't get home until 4.30, you know, after my last showing. So I left my house on Sunday at 9.20 in the morning, and I finally got home at 4.35 um, in the afternoon. So I put in almost a four, uh, eight-hour day on a Sunday because I do that you know, I may take, you know, half a day on a Wednesday, you know, so that I can do my own personal errands, my own personal grocery shopping, you know, my own personal, you know, appointments that need to be scheduled. So yeah, crazy yeah, but that wait, I but might but just wait a take some but, time off. Yeah, but that's your, that's, that's your wife's job. You shouldn't be doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's women's I, work. <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I, you said it, not me, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I ever feel like that's going to be the clip that gets away from us? That's the that's the clip in 20 years. They're going to isolate that six seconds and go, I can't believe he said They're this. And it's like, time out. Listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> because clearly we were joking. It's, sar- it's sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. Yes. Realize, realize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, there, there's, a, there's a lot to do. And that is how it is when you have a business. Essentially, that's what this is. You have a business. It's, you know, it's not beat around the bush about it you know you- yep Exactly. Well, and I think I think there's a NAR statistic out there, the National Association of Realtors. I thought it was something to the equivalent of like for one every one hour you're with clients, there's three hours of work to be done without clients. So wow. if you're meeting with you know clients twelve hours out of your week, multiply that by three, yeah, that's thirty six. You know, there's thirty six hours in. Or is that right? Yeah, twelve times three. three sorry, that's that's alpha math. <laughs> 36 hours of other behind the scenes work that you're doing prep work, whether it's scheduling appointments, prepping comparative market analysis, putting paperwork together. There's all kinds of, um, you know, work behind the scenes that needs to be done. So, you know, even if we're only meeting with clients for eight, 10, 12 hours in a given week, it's because there's a lot more going on behind the scenes to prep us for when we do meet with those clients. Yeah, lots to do. Lots that lot. It isn't just you know just meet with the clients, yep. write a, write up some BS, and then profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and it's a very fast paced situation too. Yeah, with the internet, with electronic signatures, with everything that's going on, it is a very fast paced nature of the game. This is where we kind of start getting into um, the difference between your full time realtor and your part time realtor. So, this is something you need to know, and I've had this happen before. Um, people often ask me, how did this property go under contract so quickly? They, they, they must've had an insider knowledge about the property and 99 times out of hundred, the answer is no, that's not true at all. What happens is if you're working with a full, a full-time realtor, you could see a property go on the market at nine 30, okay. maybe at 12 o'clock when you're on your lunch break, you see it on Zillow or Trulia or Realtor.com, maybe okay. ColdwellBakerHomes.com, just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> and you go, oh, I really want to see this. I text my agent who works full time. So I see it at lunchtime and they say, hey, can we go see this after work? I say, yeah, great. So I then schedule for a five o'clock showing, get this showing scheduled, text my client back, meet with them at five o'clock. We see it for five to five thirty. 
We like it. We go right back to the office. We write up the offer. It takes me about an hour and a half to do the, 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 the offer paperwork, two hours with prep work in there. Uh, we get it all written up, signed up, and everything sent over. So after that 5.30 meeting, I got the offer over to the agent by 8 or 8.30. They present it first thing in the morning to their seller. The seller likes it. They sign it. And within 24 hours, it's been um, off the market. It has nothing to do with insider knowledge. It has everything to do with your full-time realtor was ready to go when you texted them, got it done quickly, and got it done in a very succinct motion. If you have a, a part-time realtor that works until three o'clock themselves, then has to go pick up the kids, and then goes and, and has to get dinner ready and do homework, they finally see that text at eight o'clock at night. They go, oh, great, it's Wednesday. How about we go see it on Saturday? And you go, okay, yeah, sure, fine. The problem is the full-time realtor already by eight o'clock at night when your part-time realtor is just responding. If you remember by my previous example, by eight o'clock, I had the, I had the offer over already. Uh, And you just are now responding back to your client as a part-time agent. And you want to wait till Saturday. You'll never see a property because there's so many times they'll be off the market by then, unless it happens to be a no show until Saturday or Sunday, but you see that, that it's very fast paced and sometimes you know, a part-time realtor, if they can't show until the weekend where they have a minimum, you know, of like two or three hours in the evening that they can show you because of their own personal endeavors going on, it may or may not just work. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. Not trying to speak ill of part-time agents. I'm just saying that if you're someone, because I do know part-time agents that work full-time jobs in an office job till three, four, five o'clock, you know, maybe they can have their cell phone on them. Maybe they can check it occasionally, but I know that that boss doesn't necessarily like them, you know, doing other work for another company on their company's dime. You know, they may not be able to check email as much or their phone as much. And there you go. It takes them a lot longer to respond. Whereas the full-time agent, like I said, already had scheduled showing done offer written signed and sent over to the seller in the same exact amount of time or listing agent. Okay, so there's something you need to really kind of consider. Um, and I, off you, obviously, there's a lot of information that you need to learn and study and know and yeah. everything. And as somebody who only does this, we're really kind of crapping on part-time people. I feel kind of bad. If you're a part-time person, you might be ticked off. But, but you know, I can they can somebody really be as savvy, as I guess the word I'm looking for, when they are – just part-time. Yes, they can. Actually, I'll tell you a very quick story. One of our uh, top agents of our Coldwell Banker for a number of years was a full-time teacher uh, at a local school district um, and still was a top real estate, real estate agent, just sold nights and weekends. And I mean, granted he put in like a hundred hours a week. I mean, he really was busting his butt for a lot of years. It can be done. That is the exception not the norm. The other caveat that I will tell you is because a lot of people will use that as an example. There was someone who was a top agent, even though they did this part-time. What I will tell you is 20 years ago, this was a much different business. Hmm. The sales agreement wasn't 14 pages. It was six, you know, there wasn't, you know, 10 additional documents that needed signed. There was Two, you know, Mm. the seller disclosure was three pages, not 12. So the other issue that we start to run into is that, and I'm, again, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's things that need to be considered Mm. when you're interviewing your agent, but it's a lot of, there's a lot of things 
that go into the business. Hmm. These legal contracts, you have to remember when you're, when you're writing up a sales contract for buyers and sellers, you're writing up a legally binding contract. So there's legal contracts you have to learn. There's addendums you have to learn. There's disclosure law you have to learn. There are all kinds of just information. Uh, the best the best phrase I ever heard was our corporate attorney who said, don't ever have your client sign something that you can't explain or that you haven't read, which is the God's honest truth. You know, on any given transaction, I've got maybe eight or 10 different documents that I'm using. If I can't explain them, I shouldn't be asking my clients, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like asking your, your heart surgeon, uh, to maybe know what a scalpel is. I would sure as hell hope he knows what a scalpel is before he starts cutting into me or, you know, yeah, we would help. you know, my mechanic knows how to change the oil before he actually does it. He needs to know where the oil goes. If he's putting the oil in my breaker fluid spot, breaker fluid is the thing, right? Lil? That's Bre- correct. Break, break fluid. Oh, break fluid. See, break, that's why I don't not, work not, on your not, car. Not breaker fluid, but break. Fluid. Break. Yeah. All my car friends are laughing their asses <laughs> off right now. But yeah, you put the oil in the brake fluid. That's a, that's a problem. We got, we have an issue. So anyways, there's just so much that you have to learn. And, and the problem is the continuing down that road. It's not just contract. There are MLS rules and regulations you have to follow. There's continuing education. You have to have so many hours of continuing ed every two years to continue your uh, renewing your license. Um, Not to mention, it's just, it's no secret that the top agents in the business, now I'm not saying full-time project, I'm just saying top agents who sell the most real estate in the business, they're really even though we're not licensed in other professions, it's amazing how the guy or girl that sells $35 million a year in real estate happens to be really knowledgeable about the lending field and the title field Hmm. and the legal field and plumbing and electrical (laughs) and roofing. We're not any of those professions, but we're knowledgeable enough that we can guide our uh, clients in the right direction when we know it's time to maybe bring you know, a specialist in to take a look at that. But all of these things, you know, you want to be aware of, you know, it's important to take time each day and each week to read a book, to read your contracts, to read some of the different, you know, documents and, um, you know, just informational sources that are out there for all the different facets of your business. So I'll give you a perfect example. What outside um, sellers don't know is when I have you sign a, say, uh, a listing contract and you say, okay, you know, today is um, October 15th. I want to list my house on October 19th. Great. We put in the sales contract October 19th, 2021. We're going to list the house. I now have to have that in the MLS within a certain time frame. once we hit the 19th. I can't just put it in whenever I want. So if you come back to me and say, hey, Jace, we've had an emergency. We need to postpone putting our house on the market on the week. Great, that's fine. But you got to know that there's changes that have to be made. Otherwise, if you wait a week to put that in the MLS with the original list date of the 19th, you're going to be in a boatload of trouble as an agent because you've got to get that in. There are rules and regulations that say you have to get that in with a, within a certain time frame uh, as a licensed professional. So okay. there's just all these rules and regulations and laws that you need to know. And it's, it's a lot. It's not hard. It's just 
it's a lot. And if you've got a second job where you need to be up on that information as well, too, again, not saying it can't be done. Chris Jericho is a phenomenal professional wrestler and a phenomenal rock singer. So, you know, can you live two lives? Was it Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor, a bodybuilder and in politics did very well. Not saying that you you can't not do it. It's just, it takes a lot. And if you're not ready to put in a hundred hours a week between your two jobs, just something to think about. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, it is a complicated thing. And also, if you notice that if you've been listening to the uh, podcast for a while, you know, Jason, he sort of kind of is a little self-deprecating about he doesn't know this, he doesn't know that. But he knows way more about things like dye tests, et cetera, and things like that than like the normal person knows. He knows more about you know, stuff about the home and plumbing and things like that than, than probably, than probably, you know, or most people know. And that is very, very helpful when you're working with clients is to be able to, you know, kind of guide them, you know, you know, as they have questions or whatever about stuff to be able to answer things. Um, Somebody that's doing this part-time as Jason has pointed out, unless they're like really, really, you know, on it or, you know, spending many, 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 many hours at it are, are just, is probably not going to be quite as knowledgeable. We're just going to kind of leave it there. Um, okay. <laughs> now this <laughs> is something that like I, I, I get, um, anybody who's in business starts to learn this very quickly, but hours, <laughs> what's the word I, what dollars for dollars for hours. Okay. This is the sort of like how people kind of think, and the right way to be thinking is that's really not how you, that's not really how you accumulate wealth, you know, time for right. dollars, because you only have so much time, then it means you only can make so many, even if you make $100 an hour, you can only make, work so many hours a week, you can only make so much money, okay? So right. the, the inverse is kind of true too, just because you work a lot of hours right. does not mean you're going to make a lot of money. So, 100%. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> So yeah. this is something you have to kind of to to be th- be thinking about. So what do you want to sort of explore this uh, for a couple minutes? Uh, the only thing I really want to say is this, and this is more not not so much geared towards the general public who's thinking about hiring a realtor. This is more for if someone out there is thinking about becoming a realtor, like you like you just mentioned, Lou. Uh, the cool part about real estate is that you can do very well. It can be very lucrative and you can make a lot of money. Um, you also get to create your own hours. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, with the rare exception here and there, I can tell you the guys that are selling 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year in real estate run it like a business. They're in the office at eight in the morning um, and they're working on average. 9, 10, 11, 12 hour days. They're usually working six days a week. Um, so just know that, you know, again, you can make a lot of money. You can make your own hours, but they're not mutually exclusive. That's all I really wanted to mention. It's okay. All right. Okay. So we sort of covered everything else regarding. Yeah. And guys, just also remember, like the somebody that has a lot of really, uh, you know, who's full time doing a lot, has a lot of experience, you know, that more time they put in might be end up being more productive for them just because they are doing it all the time and they know the sort of ins and outs and they can pivot quickly. They can see it. Uh, they can, you know, see a problem, you know, coming around the corner and steer or steer around it, et cetera. Whereas folks, 
folks that are doing this as a side hustle sometimes can get blindsided uh, w- w- with stuff. Um, do you have yep. any, so, so what are your sort of like kind of final thoughts as we sort of close for today? <clears throat> my my final thoughts are this, and you hit the nail on the head, Lou, you know, with, with full timers, you know, something to just think about. Let me, let me, let me kind of veer off into a different direction here. And again, this, the idea of this episode was not to dump on part-timers. That was never my, my case, just something I wanted people to think about. But let me ask you this. If you have a heart surgeon that's done 10 heart surgeries right. in the last year, Okay, great, fine, fantastic. But let's say you had another heart surgeon that's done one a day every business day. And so they've done maybe 250 in the last year. Who do you want working on you? The guy that's done, or the girl that's done 250 or 200, whatever the number is, because the amount of experience, the amount of complications and bumps in the road they've already worked through, you know that they're bringing experience and expertise to the table, that they're going to get you through the end, despite any bumps in the road complications that may hit. And that's how I feel about real estate. You know, we joked before, but from 95 to 98% of people out there, this is the largest financial transaction of your life. (laughs) Who do you want? And if it's not, call me. I want to be your friend. If, 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 who do you want handling that transaction? And I would, I would turn that to say, think about other facets of your life. Think about if you need to have some type of surgery, whether it's orthopedic, heart, brain, cardiac surgery, whatever. Think about if you need a lawyer, an accountant, a dentist, hell, a funeral director, a tattoo artist. You really want a tattoo artist that tattoos for like two hours a week on the weekends. It's like a side hustle. Do you really want a funeral director who goes, Hey, yeah, sorry. I know it's Tuesday and your mom passed away, but uh, I'll I'll get to you on Saturday because it's just something I kind of do part time. (laughs) you know so again not not dumping on part-time that was not the that was not the agenda here um but just something to think about um and and i guess as an aside with the with the bullet point that i just mentioned about part-time surgeons and funeral directors and lawyers and accountants and dentists tattoo artists and blah 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 we we kind of feel the same way in the full-time realm like there are people who do this full-time and who who you know this is, this is how we put food on the table and the roof over our heads and clothes on our backs. So, right. you know, just keep that in mind as you're, you know, thinking about getting into real estate. If you're also thinking about hiring a realtor, again, not saying that you can't go with the part-timers, but just something to think about. Okay. So there you are. You have been warned. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All, all great points, Jason. And thank you so much for sharing your uh, wealth of knowledge uh, and experience with us today on this, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of a touchy subject for uh, some people. Uh, you have been listening to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Uh, as always, you can reach out directly to Jason at uh, 412-651-4638. Again, that is 412-651-4638. Jason wants to be your real estate advisor. As you can see, he's uh, very qualified at it. He is full-time at it. And uh, whether you're thinking about making some kind of move here, you know, pretty quick or something, you're kind of just, you know, I'm seeing what's out there. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be, 
you know, getting this uh, promotion after the first of the year and, you know, we're, you know, she's pregnant and, you know, we want to expand, whatever, whatever thing, whatever thing is, or I'm thinking about retiring and I want to maybe get, you know, something a little different, something with less maintenance, however you're thinking. Um, doesn't matter the time frame, Jace, it, the best thing to do is to start the uh, relationship as soon as possible. So go ahead and reach out to Jason one more time at 412-651-4638 or jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. Come. As always, an interesting, engaging, and super fun discussion. I learned a lot, and I'm sure you did too. And on that note, we will catch you all on the next Really Real Real Estate Podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.